<laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> All right. Uh-oh. I don't know if I'm... There we go. I hear myself now. All right. Let's... Uh, Let's get started with a word of prayer and then we'll get into class. Dear God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the many blessings you give us and we just thank you for the freedom and the opportunity we have to come and worship you and to sing praises to you and to learn about your word, Lord. Lord, I just ask that you bless us as we go through this class and, and as we learn what we learned today and allow us to use it to take it out into the world and use it to bring others to you. God, I ask that you still be with us as we, we continue to go through this pandemic. We just ask that it can continue to see uh, improvements in, in the spread and in people recovering, Lord, and just ask that you allow us to get through it quickly and allow us to return, hopefully, to a somewhat more of a normal way of life. Lord, we just thank you for everything you do for us. For sending your son to die on the cross. In Christ, let me pray. Amen. Okay, so we've been going through, and this is the last uh, week on this series, uh, A Day in the Life, and we've kind of just been looking through um, the day in, in the life of several different type of people, the, the unchurched and then the Christians, and then now we're kind of looking at, last week we looked at um, the, the self-righteous side of things, the self-righteous church or the self-righteous Christian, and, and self-righteousness basically is a feeling or display, uh, usually smug, of moral superiority derived from a sense that one's beliefs, actions, or affiliations are of greater virtue than those of the average person. Self-righteous individuals are often intolerant of the, of the opinions and behaviors of others. And we kind of just looked at some examples of that, what that kind of looks like um, from, a, from a spiritual and, and personal uh, perspective, in, in, as from a personal person and uh, from the church as well. Um, and so this week we... We're going to look, I actually was, had told you we were going to look at humility, but as I started to, to finish this lesson up, I changed the, the direction that I went with it, and, and you'll see that here in a minute. But humility was the quality, basically, of being humble. Dictionary definitions um, put humility as a low self-regard or, or a sense of unworthiness uh, of what you've re received or, or who you are uh, as a person. And what I was going off of, um, as I developed this, was Philippians 2, verses 3 through 8. And, I, and I'll read these real quick, and then you'll see the direction that I went with this. It says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Jesus, Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of, of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. And so as I continued to go through this, I, I was going for the, the humble theme of what it looked like to be a, a humble Christian or a, a humble church. But the more I, I studied and the more I come up with different verses and I started trying to work on the theme around this, I realized that we, not need, we do need to be humble Christians and we do need to, as a church, be humble. But more importantly, we need to be Christ-like. And that is resembling or showing the spirit of Jesus Christ. And, and being humble is one of those. And so I asked, instead of looking at four or five characteristics of a humble church I switched it and, and kind of moved into looking at four or five um, characteristics of a Christ-like church I, last week we looked you know we looked at five characteristics of a, a self-righteous church or Christian and this week we're going to we're going to flip that to, to being Christ-like and there's several verses that I that I use for these and we could I think there's probably about a hundred of them but th these are kind of the the main ones that we that I focused on the first is 1 John 2, 6. And basically, those who say they live in God shall live their lives as Jesus did. In 1 Peter 2, 21, it said, For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you, 
He is your example, and you must follow in his steps. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a, ple a pleasing aroma to God. So, we're going to look at five characteristics of a Christ-like church or a Christ-like Christian, Christ-like person. And basically, I mean, we could I could have honestly done probably three weeks on this, on all the different characteristics of a, of a Christ-like uh, attitude and, and, and the way that a Christian should act and be Christ-like. But I kind of grabbed five themes that I, that I kind of stand out and, and pulled out. And the first one is, a Christ-like church or Christian is going to see others as more important than themselves or their organization. And we can look at that. We just kind of read through it, but Philippians 2.3 says, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. How often do we do this? This isn't natural. Right? This isn't human nature to not be selfish, and to put others, or to think of others, as, as being better than yourself. You know, me personally, I tend to think I'm a little bit better at things than other people are. So sometimes it's hard uh, when you when, when you're trying to humble yourself in that way. But sometimes as we go through lives, and this is, can be from a, from a, go ahead. Chad, that's why Jesus said if you want to be his disciple and follow him, one of the first things you've got to do is die to self. Yep. Because self is self, and you have to, <clears throat> you have to basically continue to die to self. Yep. But it, and, and and like that, Dad just said, you know, one of the th key things, and you see this in, in and you see this in churches, and you see this in, in a personal level. We like to impress other people, All right? We like to impress people with our with either our, our fancy churches or or, or our, our fancy, you know, you know, things like that. We we like to. You know, I, I've seen some churches where it's, you know, you have to almost be a certain st stature, I guess, or I'm not sure what word I'm looking for there, to almost even go there. You know, it's like, well, we, we, we want a certain type of person or a certain type of people coming here. And the same thing with some of our, our, our Christian attitudes. You'll, you'll see Christians like, well, you know, I'm only going to be around certain kinds of people or, or do things with certain kinds of people because, you know, I have an image to uphold and maintain. And we've got to kind of get rid of that. We've got to humble ourselves and, and, and shed that and get rid of that. And then if you look at Romans 12, verse 16, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. And, and I like that because, you know, sometimes, I, you know, even growing up, I've, I've heard this statement. It's like, well, you know, I wouldn't want to be seen with someone like that. Or I wouldn't want to be known as associating with someone like that. But if you actually look at Christ's example, he did that very thing. He came and he associated with people that the, the, the religious people of the day would not associate with. He ate lunch with them. He, ate, he dined with them. You know, he, he went to their houses. And, and we see that some today. It's, you know, we, we see from a Christian perspective on a personal level of well, I, I'm not going to go and do anything or be around that, that type of person. You know? or, or churches sometimes like, well, we don't want those type of people in our church. Or if you've, had, you know, or if you've done something in your past or something's happened, and, you, know, you can come here, but we're not really going to let you do anything. You, know, you can sit out in the auditorium and, and worship, but really you're not going to be part of any of our leadership. You're not going to serve anywhere. You're just going to be allowed to come and... and be in our presence, but other than that, you know, you, that's, that's it. And so we've got to work on, you know, make sure that we work on that. And, and, and I would say from, for really, from our perspective, I, I don't think that's an issue here. You know, we're, we're very welcoming church. We're, we, you know, we, you know, we're not going to run someone off or say, well, you can't get here because, come here because of a certain status or, or whatever. But we still have to be careful with that because that kind of stuff can creep in. We can, you know, we can kind of, we can get in that position of, well, 
this is who we are and we don't want this to happen or we can't, you know, this, we can't appear to look like this. And when we've got to make sure that we're doing what is Christ-like and that we see others as more important than ourselves. And that's also going to go into, because you know, one of the studies we've been going through over the past year, one of the things we've seen is that the church has really started to focus in on itself. Right? A, lot of the, a lot of the programs are, are tied to itself or its members and its focus. And there's, there's nothing wrong with some of that, right? We need to focus on our members. We need to, dis, we need to build disciples and that things. But when your sole focus becomes just internalized and everything you do is just for you or everything you do is just for the church, then you've lost your focus and you need to refocus that and say, look, we're important, but what's more important is what's out there and, and bringing those people in from that perspective. The second one is a Christ-like church or Christian is a servant. And in some cases, the Bible translates as, or is translated as slave. But look at Philippians 2.7. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. What would our churches and our Christian lives look like if we viewed ourselves as Christians, I'm sorry, as servants or slaves to one another, to the community, to everything in our lives? Wouldn't it? I mean, you, you think of the, the example that he's using here, and, and there's nothing in, from a worldly standpoint that we can really equate this to. He left heaven to come down and be born in a feeding trough, in a stable that was not nice, would have smelled. If any of y'all have ever cleaned out stables or worked with animals and wildlife, you know what that's like. So you think you, you, he went from God to a little baby in a smelly, nasty environment. And he's asking us, look, you need to do the same thing, but on a much smaller level. All right, humble yourself. Serve people. That's, that should be your ultimate goal, is to be a servant to the people and, and the, the, the things around you. I, I think about that from a, <clears throat> from a, from a church perspective. What if all the churches in this area were known for, you know, my, my biggest thing is I think the churches should be known for their love, but, but, but with that would be known for their service to the community, if that's what they were known for. You know, I mean, you, you look out into the, into, the, into the different communities, and yes, the churches are known, and it doesn't matter what type of church, a lot of them are known for some of the, the, the servant things that they do. But what if that was our main focus? One of our main focus. Let me say that. I don't want that to be our main focus. But one of our main focuses is to serve our community, to serve everyone around us. What a huge impact that would have, not only on the community, but in the people that are in our life. If, if, if our, we saw our position as to serve them. Mark 9.35, he, he sat down, called the 12 disciples over to him and said, whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. Now that goes completely counterculture, or counter to our, our current mindset and culture, right? <clears throat> we, you know, we have all of our awards, and we, everything we do, from a, I guess from a worldly perspective, but even from a Christian perspective too, is who's first, right? Who's the best at this? Who's the, the you know, and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, that's just kind of, I think we tend to be a competitive and we like to compete against things and, and have that. But, you know, how many awards do we give out for being last and putting yourself last? You know, what was it? Ricky Bobby said second place was the first loser. <laughs> you know, and, and that kind of sometimes tends to be our, our mindset, right? So, Think about that for a minute. If we were to, 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 to bring on the Christ-like spirit of 
the idea of, you know what, whoever puts themselves last and serves, they're going to be first. And that's, now again, that's, that's counter to our, our mindset and, and who we are. But if we were to take that out into the world and, and show that to people, it would be interesting. And then in Matthew 23, 11, the greatest among you must be a servant. And, and, you, and I, I think you can see that. I mean, you see some of the most influential and greatest people. You know, one of the, one of the examples that kind of pops in my mind here is, is Mother Teresa, right? I mean, she was probably the, the, a, a perfect, not a perfect example, but one of the best examples of this was she spent her entire life serving some of the poorest and, and, and worst off people and, and always just seemed to have a smile on her face. Go ahead, Troy. One of her quotes and all one time says, you know, we can, we can do no big things, only, you know, big things with great love. Or, mm-hmm. or, so it's somewhere in there, you know, but I thought, you know, that was real. I mean, because we're not, we can't do big things, so to speak, you know, like God, so to speak. Yep. You know, we can't, you know, as far as miracles go, but it's, but it's the love that we show, you know, toward that. And that's, I mean, man, I mean, I don't know if I'll ever get there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I think we get at it piecemeal, Chad, the wrong way. And, uh, but, you know, as far as the way God did it or Jesus did it, I don't know. Well, the, the one thing about these, all of these items, or all these little characteristics that we're going to go through, they're, they're intentional. They're, they're purposeful. They're not something that just comes natural. It is something you have to work on on a daily basis because it's, you know, it's not a natural thing. And so it's something you have to practice and practice and practice before it becomes, I guess, more of a habit. But even then, if you don't continue to practice it, you, you will fall out of those. You know? and, and so I think that's part of what makes these, these so hard. It's easy to be selfish. It's easy to think of yourself first, right? It's easy to be, because of, because of human nature, to be not Christ-like. It's, it's easy to do those things. So putting ourselves in these positions and... Put them, in, put them in there. I mean, almost, you know, like any kind of thing when you're developing something or trying to work towards a habit or, or, or develop a skill, you almost got to put these in, in front of you almost every single day. And that's why, one, reading the Bible on a daily basis is so important. But almost you got to put them on your walls and your mirrors and your, you know, because if you don't, it's one of those things that you'll almost forget. It's not a natural, natural thing that we do. So, number two, being a servant, right? I just I, th- I think about that and you know what what <laughs> what would the world be like you know if if in competitive sports and things like that if everyone fought to be in last place <laughs> football and baseball would be interesting you know scores you'd probably have scores of uh, you know five hundred to to four something you know I mean can you imagine the, the 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 Gators and the and the Georgia Bulldogs playing each other for last <laughs> you know who's go- who's going <laughs> Georgia would win every single time. <laughs> oh, man. But you think about that. Think about, like, you know, I, we were, I was watching the NASCAR race the other day. And, and, you know, all of them guys out there driving for last place. It's not real exciting, right? No one wants to watch that, right? That's not, to us, that's not normal. You know, but that's, that's Christ. That's Christ-like. It's, it's not normal to put yourself last, to put your, you know, put others' needs in front of you. And this is a hard thing. And it's, it really is. I mean, being a servant is not easy because being a servant means that you're letting someone else, and then if you take it to the, the, some of the translations, it talks about being a slave, right? And, and being a servant or a slave to people Sometimes, you know, it's, it's not like everyone out there is just wonderful, sweet, nice people, and being servant to them is going to be fun. You've got people that you're going to have to be a servant-like, Christ-like too, who are going to treat you horrible and be hateful to you and be mean to you. But that's the thing is you're still going to have to continue to develop that attitude of, I'm going to be Christ-like, I'm going to serve these people. And yes, they may be, may be mean and hateful to me, but my goal is not about me, it's about trying to get others to Christ. 
So that's an interesting concept because I, I thought about that as, as I was doing that. You know, everyone fighting, fighting for last place. You know, you, I mean, you just every competition you think, you think of boxers fighting for last place. I mean, how's that going to work? Are you going to punch yourself? I mean, you know, so you, <laughs> you just you, you gotta, you got to work through that. But we've got to be, as, as churches and as Christians, we've got to, be, we've got to put our place in, in, and see ourselves as servants one, to one another into the community, into the people we're trying to reach. Christ-like uh, characteristic number three, obedience to God. If we look at Philippians 2.8, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this, and, and I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't necessarily believe Jesus wanted to die on the cross. Right, it, I, you know, I don't think God wanted to send his son to die on that cross, but he did anyway. And Christ, I mean, we see that in the garden in the example. It, you know, basically, he said, you know what, I don't want to do this, but it's your will. That's what's going to happen. And we've got to, got to develop that same attitude of obedience. There's things that we do not want to do as Christians. I can tell you that right now. I don't want to have to forgive people sometimes, right? I would much rather get revenge on them and take it in my own hands because that feels a lot better, to be honest with you. But that's not what we're obeyed to or we're, we're commanded to do. That's not the obedience that we are supposed to have. So we, we've got to look at this. So that's, those are the things that we, we have to look at. And, and we have to be obedient to God in, in a way that is... Oh, what's the word I'm looking for here? A fair, I guess. I don't, I don't know why. We tend to grab certain things. And we find the easy ones that are easy to be obedient to. Oh, these commands are real easy. So, so we'll, we'll, we'll focus on those, but then a lot of times we, we come over here and we ignore the more hard ones, right? The ones that are more difficult to, to obey. And so we've got to make sure that when we're in our obedience, we're obedient to everyone. John 14, 15. If you love me, obey my commandments. And then he kind of goes a little bit further on that in 2 John 6. Love means doing what God has commanded us, and he has commanded us to love one another, just as you have heard from the very beginning. And I focus on these love verses a lot, because I... I think Christ talks about them being one of the more important commands and, and things to follow. Because if you, if you can get this love side down, the rest of it kind of falls in place behind it a little bit easier. And, and I think that's why there's such a focus on loving one another. And, 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 and you, when you see the, the, all the commands and the fruits of the spirits and the, the different characteristics, you know, the, the love is always considered the greatest one. And I think obey or, or being obedient is an ultimate form of love, right? So if you love someone or, or love, you know, have the love like God commands us to, we're going to be obedient whether we really like it or not. I mean, you look at the love that Christ had, the love Christ had to have had to be obedient to the point of allowing himself to be hung on the cross. And honestly, the, that goes even deeper because honestly, as bad as the, the crucifixion and the beatings and, and being stabbed with a spear and a crown of thorns, as bad as all that was, that was nothing compared to what he actually had to go through with, from a physical or spiritual separation from God. That was the ultimate true, you know, I, I couldn't imagine that, you know, always having God's presence with you, being with you, and then having to go through a period where that was basically taken away, or taken away. I'm not an English scholar. So, Think about that in our obedience. Well, how, how much different would it look if we were truly obedient to God in everything and, and followed that Christ-like example? Well, go ahead, Dan. Church, from my experience, we want to pick and choose where we're obedient to God in a smorgasbord kind of way. <clears throat> the last thing Jesus said before he went to heaven was to bring the lost to him gave us the great commission, and we tend to not preach or teach or kind of ignore that, but we, we do the other little things that 
you know, that we feel comfortable with yep. doing. And so we can't, we can't pick and choose what I'm trying to say. Sort yeah. of like a part-time lifestyle. Exactly. You know, I mean, the Christian life and all this guy, it is a full-time lifestyle. You know, and it's all, and things like you're talking about, wouldn't it be nice if they could just, if they did come naturally? What, yeah. it, would, what it would be like, you know, and it, it, and it is a work, yep. you know. I mean, it, it's, it's not that you're working to earn your salvation, but it is a work. Yeah, no, 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 it's a discipline. Go out and, and to, you know, put other, and it is, I mean, it just goes against the grain. I mean, j just being obedient to God in itself is a full-time job. No, I mean, a full, you say a full-time lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. It's a full-time lifestyle. It's not something that you can just think about on Sundays and Wednesdays. And, and we've, we've kind of, kind of, to what Dad said a little bit, we, we've kind of done that a little bit. Right? We, we've kind of made... These are, we find the things to be obedient to that are a little bit easier to do, and we can kind of lift up and say, look, look what we're doing. All right, we do this, and we obey this, but then we ignore <laughs> quite heavily the most basic command, the most important commands that he talked about. I talked about this a little bit last week, you know? And you know, we, we, we will focus on and make, and make them almost more important than anything we do and I've seen that a lot. I've seen that, you know, we will, if someone misses church, I mean, that is almost like they have committed the ultimate sin, right? Where were you Sunday? Right? Now, I'm not, again, and like I said last week, being at church and, and worshiping God is very important. I'm not taking away from the importance of that. But we've made that sometimes the most important obedience when there's a lot of other things that are, that he even says are more important. But, to be honest with you, this is a little bit easier to do. It's easy to come to a group of like-minded people and worship with a group of like-minded people and be around people who have the same beliefs as we do and love one another. That That's easy to do. Now, some, some Sundays it's not, right? Some Wednesdays you don't feel like doing it. But, but ultimately, all of that kind of stuff is pretty easy. Going out and talking to someone who might hate you, who might, you know, say horrible things to you, may spit in your face, may put a gun in your face, who knows, right? That's not quite as easy. But that's the big things, the more important things, I say, you know, that, that Christ talks about that we are, are to go and do. And that's where the obedience gets hard. And so we, we do, we have to be obedient in all things to God, not just some not the things that we pick and choose to, to, that we think may be more important or easier for us to do. Number four, Christ-like church or Christian shows the fruits of the Spirit. And most of y'all probably know this verse, Galatians 5, 22 through 23, but the Holy Spirit produces these kinds of fruits in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And I can say that so fast because I've seen that sung that song as a kid a million times. Right? So do we show these fruits as Christians, as a church? Number one, yep. it's a thing like that. Every time you see a list, or, or I forget the verse, um, but it talks about the three characteristics, and it's um, was it love, faithfulness, and Faith, hope, and love. Yeah, greatest of these is love, right? And then even every time you see love, you know, there's a whole chapter on love. And, 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 and so we... But do we have these things, right? I, 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 we, I talked about this several months back. You know, what is the church known for? What are Christians known for? Is number one love. When you think of the churches in this area... Yeah, and it doesn't matter if it's a church of Christ or, or what name's on the building. What is, what is that church known for to you? And how many times would you say, man, that church is known for their love or that Christian? Now, that's a little bit easier sometimes because I, I, you can do that. There are Christians you can point to and say, man, that Christian is known for their love, their kindness, how joyful they are, how friendly they are, how faithful 
Self-control, that's probably one of the more harder ones. I think I struggle with that <laughs> a lot up here. If I come by that on us. But what if we focused on these fruits, right? And I've said this for a while, and I think I'm going to grab, and grab onto this in this next kind of theory, uh, theory theme and series that I'm going to go into of the Holy Spirit and what, the, what, what it looks like and what it should look like through us as a, from a Christian. But what if, what if we truly allowed the Holy Spirit to grab a hold of us and show these fruits? Man, that changed a lot. And I, I think we, as Christians, we can do a good job with these. I mean, I know a lot of very good Christians who you see these fruits come out of them. But I, these are things we need to... These are the type of things we really need to focus on and show. And I think sometimes we've missed that a little bit. Yep. Along with that, in in Second Peter, the first chapter, I just lost it, sorry. Starting verse 5. Now for this very reason, applying all diligence in your faith, apply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge. And in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly kindness, in your brotherly kindliness, sorry, love. For if these qualities are yours and increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfaithful in true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's part of the fruit of the Spirit. It is. And if you look at that, if you, if you go through that, Again, that's not an easy thing. It talks about you're going to have to persevere. It's a step by step. Yep, it's, it's a step a by step. Thing. It's yep. Okay, do this, and after yep. you've done this, do this, and after this, you do this, and then you do this, and you, yep. you know, it's a structured thing. Yep. And and to that, I think almost that same structure applies to a lot of these. I mean, you're going to have to cut. You have to start out with love, right? Yeah. And then move to joy, and and it's all these things will produce. It's not like you're going to wake up one day and oh, I'm a Christian, and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit fills you and you have. Every single one of these characteristics, right? It's not an overnight, and I think it doesn't happen. So these are the things that we, you know, from a humble, from a from a Christ-like things. If we're full of the Holy Spirit and we've received the Holy Spirit, then we need to be make sure we are showing these fruits. Because if we're not, then that says something. Like they say, an apple tree doesn't produce pears. A Christian should produce these fruits. All right, and the last thing, which, I, uh, which isn't of ourselves or anything we can produce, but is what will happen to us. If we have a Christ-like, if we are a Christ-like church or a Christ-like Christian, we will be lifted up. Go through some of these real quick. Philippians 2.9, Therefore God elevated him to a place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. His sacrifice, his love, his obedience led God to elevate Christ to the place of the highest honor. James 4.10, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. And that's the kind of the struggle because from a human standpoint, you know, how we are lifted up and how we receive honor is by being the best, finishing first, doing, you know, doing the most. But we, we kind of flip that around in, in, in the Christian world, and it's the person who puts himself to the bottom, right? Considers himself last, serves others, is obedient, does what he, he or she is asked, then they will be lefted up. God, and, and, but it's not going to be, <clears throat> because that's kind of the opposite in, 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 our, in our human nature. For the most part in human nature, we're not going to lift those type of people up. We're, we're going to tend to lift the ones up that we we see as the most important, the ones who do the most, who, who, who may benefit us the most, right? Luke 4.11, For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And then if we go to Matthew 23, it pretty much says the same thing. Verse 12, But those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So that's the thing. We've got to look at it. Are, are we exalting ourselves? Or are we humbling ourselves? Are we considering ourselves as Christians or as people more important than others? 
better than others? Having ourselves together more than others? Or are we realizing that, look, I'm no different really from this guy down the road or this friend of mine or this person I work with. The only difference really is, is I have Jesus in my life and he doesn't or she doesn't. And then our, then our goal should be to make sure that that person has, has Christ in his or her life. And that's, that's where I hope we can, we can shift our focus and, and become more Christ-like in, in those ways. You know, we, because if we don't, then, then really we're, we're, just, we're, not, we're no more different than a lot of other organizations out there. We might just be a, a little bit kinder. You know, have a little bit more morality. But if we're not lowering ourselves and doing what God's commanded us to do and bring people to Christ, then are we Christ-like? I mean, there's a lot of other verses I could go into uh, of being Christ-like, of, of humbling ourselves and sacrificing ourselves and basically putting ourselves you know, through suffering and the suffering that he went through. You know, it talks about that, you know. If we, if we follow those, the, his footsteps and, and become more Christ-like, that's what that's going to be like. We don't like to hear that because we, we, wanna, we want the easy Christianity. We want the Christianity where, you know, it's not that hard. You know, we're, we come and we go and, and we kind of live a decent life. And as long as we do those things, then the good Lord's going to bless us and we're going to go to heaven. And, and that's really, I mean, if you see all the examples of Christianity... In the Bible, that's not the way it is. Christianity is not easy. You know, it's not something you come to because it's going to be fun and, and, and everything's going to be great. Now, not to say there isn't a lot of positive sides to being a Christian, right? But nowhere in the Bible does it say, if you come and, and become a Christian and follow me, that you're going to have an easy, wonderful experience. And in fact, if you look at it, and I forget what verse it is, but it says, come and take up your cross and follow me. But he didn't come to bring peace. No. I mean, you know, he came with a sword, and it's, uh, you know, and it is. It's a, battle, it's a battlefield. And, you know, um, a lot of us have surrendered, you know. We have. And I think the point is, see, the, the Bible says that a Christian has indescribable joy. And peace that passes understanding, and all these blessings in Christ, but that comes about through what we would call sweet surrender, through sacrifice. Uh, and uh, it's not us striving for those things, it's God giving us those things as we do what we've studied this morning. That's I, one of the <clears throat> blessings, as it is, of the Christian life. I see a lot of in Christendom of. And you see a lot of this, and this is Church of Christ, this is whatever, denomination, whatever you want to go through. There, there's a lot of importance put on who I am, what my social status is, you know, who I allow to be around me. You, you see that in a lot of places, right? It's like, well, you know, I'm associated with you, or, or, you know, and we kind of lift ourselves up, and we, and we, we do this thing. And not, I mean, I'm not, not talking about here, really be honest with you. I mean, I think we get caught up in that sometimes. I, I think everyone does. We've got to be, take a, a humble, Christ-like thought. And, and again, it's not an easy journey. It's not easy to get to the point of, you know, I'm going to have to sacrifice these things. I, 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 you know, maybe I won't be seen as, as you know, a, a socially popular, whatever word you want, or so, you know, important in society. Maybe I won't, you know, maybe I won't even be seen as important in, in my own church. But, you know, I need to humble myself and put an obedient like and, and follow Christ and just do these things. I mean, it would be, it's going to be interesting to see because I'm here to tell you that the world, once we go back to, I guess, what we'll call normal, I, I don't really think we're ever going to go back to a real normalcy in the way we saw things before it may get more like it but here, here's the thing that, we, that I've seen and I, I've been talking for this I, I started ta uh, teaching this class about a year ago I think it's a year and a month or something like that. I didn't go back and look at the exact date and this is kind of the stuff I've been focused on 
for a year. Things all the way from the, the, the problem of God series we did where trying to look at everything from an outsider view all the way through a real critical look at us as a church and as Christians and what we're doing and what we should be doing. And I'm a, I'm gonna, we're going to stop kind of in this area and, and move on to, to a different theme, I think. But my whole goal in this is for us to hopefully to get to a point of where we really look at things, not from a critical nature, but from a, a looking in the mirror type aspect of humbling ourselves and realizing, look, we don't have everything right. We're really no better than the people out in the world. We just have Christ in our life. Right? And it doesn't matter what color you are, what race you are, what, what, what denomination you are, what political party you are affiliated with, all that stuff. None of that really matters when it comes to Christendom. And some people are going to agree with, disagree with me on that. That's fine. What ultimately matters in our lives is how we live our lives for Christ as Christians and how that looks. Not say how it looks, but how our fruits, I guess, let me put it that way, come out. And as studying, and this has been a long study for me. I think it started about four or five years ago. And the more I study it and the more I look at it, the harder it is sometimes. Because if, we, if we're honest with ourselves, and, and maybe it's just me being overly critical, but I don't think so. If we look at ourselves, and not just us, but Christendom as a whole in the United States, in the world, it's not very Christ-like in a lot of things. Now, there are some very good examples out there. Do not get me wrong. But more than in anything, we've kind of, what I call... Uh, Americanized, I don't know what word I'm looking for, Christianity. And so my ultimate goal through all this is, is for us to hopefully take a step back, look at what we really should be focused on, what we really should be doing, what the love, and, and I've focused on this the entire time, almost every single series I've gone through, one of the biggest focuses has been love, right? That's, the, that's the, the, one of the greatest commandments. It's to love one another. Or, I'm sorry, it is the greatest commandment, right. And so, my goal in all this, this whole past year is hopefully for us to, to get into that mindset, to look at that, and not just accept everything that we've been doing or that we've done for the last 200, 250 years. And I know that's made some people in here uncomfortable. I, I understand that. Because anytime we look at change or we look at things that, you know, we, we've done things a certain way or, or, or thought about things a certain way, I know I've made some other people uncomfortable with that. But that's the point. Christianity's not about being comfortable. You know, crosses aren't comfortable. Being a servant's not comfortable. And so if you're comfortable in your Christianity, then I think you need to look in the mirror and look around. And that's kind of the, the main message I've been trying to, to put through to this. So I hope the past year, year and a month, I hope I've done that. That's been my ultimate goal. My goal hasn't been to you know, try to bash certain things or, or bash the way or be negative about the way we do things. It's just ultimately to, to take that look in the mirror and really examine ourselves through the lens of Christ and, and who he is. So what we're going to do now, that's kind of been the theme, I'd say, for the past year. What we're going to do is we're going to switch to a new theme. And it's going to be called Me, My, I. And, and everyone, some people are probably thinking, what in the world? Why are we going to focus on me, myself, and I, right? That's not, the, that's not what we're actually going to do. I, I want to take, and some people call this um, felt needs, I guess, but, but not in a ne the negative way sometimes. You know, we'll talk about felt needs as in I want to come to church and, and have my, my needs, you know, my, my felt needs, you know, I, I just need this. That's not what we're going to look at here. It, it's going to be felt needs in the sense of every one of these series that I go through is going to focus on 
this is something that I am struggling with. Or my fill-in-the-blank is struggling with this. Or, you know, I, I struggle with myself. Or this is hard for me. Right? And so the idea around this is to take the things that we go through as, as humans, as Christians, on an everyday basis out in the world, and look at them through the lens of the Bible. I feel that we've gone, you know, I've got a, less than a minute to fill. I feel like we've spent the last year, year and a month, or whatever I said, 13 months, 14 months, looking at how we are supposed, how as Christians we are supposed to be, how we're supposed to act, and how to get in that line. And I think that's all, uh, something we can talk about for a long time because it's, it's something we do need to focus on. But I do think we also need to focus on the things that, that we struggle with in everyday life. Our, our personal struggles, the things that, that maybe we struggle with at work, the things we struggle with at home, with our families, with our children, all those things. So we're going to grab a theme, and I'll, I'll plan on trying to do two or three week series in each one of these and go through that. And I hope it's something y'all enjoy. I don't know what the one for next week's going to be. I haven't really decided yet, but it's going to be around this, and I may just kick it off in a, in a general looking at the struggles we have in the world and how you know we talk about, well, we need to go out in the world and we need to bring Christian or bring save the lost and bring them into the church. We act, we, and sometimes we talk like that's an easy thing to do, and it's not. Being a Christian is hard. Being in a, in, in a, in a non-Christian world is hard. Bringing people to Christ is even harder sometimes. And so I want to look at that on, on how we can do that, how we can focus on ourselves, because I think ultimately if we improve ourselves and focus on ourselves, we will be able to do a much better job of showing others and bringing others to Christ. So I'm a minute, two minutes over. Thank you. Appreciate it.